The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about change, and we have seen so many changes with this pandemic and all the other crazy things that are happening all around the world and, of course, with our weather in Florida and California and everywhere. So change is really what's happening. And, you know, there's nothing constant but change. So change really has a lot to do with how we are dealing with our society as well. And I just have been reading this really wonderful book called Rearranging Change, how you market to an ever-changing world. And that's a huge issue right now with the economy of all, you know, all the economies all over the world. And this book is written by Steve McChesney, and he is coming to us from Orlando, Florida this morning. Let me tell you a little bit about this exciting guy. Steve McChesney has expertise in sales and marketing, but his background is pretty fascinating. After spending three years in the U.S. Army, Steve started his career by attending Sherwood Oaks Experimental College, which is a private film school out here in California, actually in Hollywood, California. He went on to stunt school, studying under Kim Kahana, and then he has appeared as a stuntman, actor, or back or background person in over 350 movies and television shows. And after living here for quite a few years, he moved to beautiful Orlando. So Steve has been in sales and marketing business now for over 40 years, and he's taught copywriting boot camps to hundreds of businesses worldwide. He's a member of the Directors Guild of America, and he served as vice president of Vocal Vision, Inc., which is a Michael Winslow company. Steve's personal mission statement is he wants to inspire people to do things that inspire them and everyone around them one person at a time. So he also has a podcast also the name of his book, which is like the name of his book, Rearranging Change. And you can find out more about him and his podcast at privacypiracy.org and Stephen, uh, Steve M. McChesney, and I'm going to spell that for you, S-T-E-V-E-M-C-C-H-E-S-N-E-Y.com, Steve 
mcchesney.com. So thank you so much for joining us from the East Coast this morning. How are you, Steve? Hi, Mari. I am absolutely fabulous, and thank you for that great introduction. Wow. Yeah. Can we take up the whole show with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's wonderful to be able to talk to you, and I've really been enjoying your book, and we are going through so many changes, and it's not easy to go through changes, you know, especially when they happen rapidly, you know, when you can plan for a change, you can get used to it. But when we've gone through all these changes with the pandemic, talk to us how, you know, tell us about how the COVID-19 isolation change and all these other things has really changed our buying and our selling and everything. It has, you know, Mari, when I wrote the book, I, uh, I actually titled the book before the pandemic hit. I mean, Mm -hmm. it actually worked out in my favor in the marketing for my title to be so uh, on target for what happened in in the world. Um, However, change even prior to the pandemic is always happening around us. And what inspired me to write that book and name it the way I did, it actually started with me thinking about the different generations, because that's the first thing that changes. The different generations on the planet, you know, whether you're a traditional generation, a baby boomer, Gen X, uh, millennial, or a Gen Z, there's a change between each of those generations and how we talk to them in, in our marketing. Now, I always believe in a silver lining, no matter what, and as bad as the pandemic is, and believe me, I've got nothing but empathy and sympathy for people who've been affected by this terrible disease, but it's also the silver lining is it's made us change the way we do things. And I think some of that is in a positive sense. Um, you know, we are having to, to you know, uh, put masks on, and that's not good for everybody. They don't want to wear masks, but we have to. We have to do these little things that we have to do. But the virtual world has gotten better. Now when you go into a Zoom call, Zoom, that company is having updates every three days, making their, their platform better and better and better. Uh, People that used to have to fly across the country to go to board meetings can now do it from their office wherever they are because Zoom has gotten that good. So there's a number of things that, that, you know, have become good because of the bad that we've gone through, which, you know, then you take the good with the bad. Right. And we're seeing so much innovation, aren't we? I mean, we are. That, oh you know, goodness. so that's the good. I mean, change... It's like uh, you have the quote from, you know, from Wayne Dyer, you know, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So when we do focus on what good could be coming out of this, then we see it, you know, and there is a lot of creativity coming out of it. There really is. And I think that that is so true. That quote from Wayne Dyer is so true. And again, we've got to, it's just on how we, we visualize things, how we look at them. And that's going to make a difference in our lives of how we, you know, progress through them. Um, you know, this, th- what's happening now with COVID-19, this will also change. There's going to come a time where this is in our rearview mirror and, you know, we will move on from there. But we're going to move on with some different attitudes. Uh, let's talk about business for just a second. Yeah. You know, restaurants, I, I, I'll tell you. I live in Florida, and when Florida first opened the restaurants for people to come back in, my wife and I went to one. It was one of our favorite ones, actually, and uh, it was right on the intercoastal. And one of the things that they did, I thought, this is very smart of them. First of all, they made you, you had to sit every other table. You couldn't sit next to other tables, which right. makes sense. Right. But as we're eating, 
it was lunch. I see the wait staff come out for the table that people just got up and left. They came out with all of this cleaning material. They, they scrubbed down the table, the chairs, the floor around it. But what that did was give all the other customers who were in the place watching them do it, gave them confidence in that business. Right. That they're caring about us. Because <laughs> that's what it's really about. Exactly. Exactly. So what about buying and selling habits? What have you seen as a change in buying and selling habits? Well, believe it or not, I see that people are still buying stuff. They're, the economy is still moving forward, I think, even during this, but it's just different of how we're doing it. I don't know if it's so much because of the COVID as it is because of the generational change. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Generation Z, who is the generation that's right now in college, I think 22 years old is their oldest one. They've never lived on this planet without Amazon. So they've never lived in a time when things weren't delivered to them. Right. So the, the money they're spending is for people delivering things to them, whether it's Uber, DoorDash, you know, they, right. they want things brought to them. So companies need to start thinking in those terms. How can we deliver to this generation? So those are some of the things that are changing. Yeah. And, you know, I use Amazon all the time. I want to have the Amazon Prime. I want something to get to me the very next day. And so, you know, (laughs) it's like instant stuff. And, you know, you're afraid to go. Well, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the places aren't open to shop, right? Or, and and so, you know, using, yeah, go ahead. COVID, that's one of the things that COVID has done. COVID has now pushed us. We were already moving in the direction of buying online more and more. Mm-hmm. But COVID has actually pushed all of us now into buying online. I will tell you, I just ended up, I just bought a pair of glasses and I did it online. Yeah. I didn't go down to the eye doctor to get it. I went online to get it. So, and I think that more and more people are doing that. They're going online. You know, that's not good for brick and mortar businesses, but it is the reality. So they need to kind of figure out how they're going to deal with that. And a lot of the brick-and-mortar businesses are giving free delivery, too, if you notice. Like, I'm thinking of Macy's yep. or whatever. They're, they're also doing that where they are delivering online. And Walmart is trying to compete with Amazon with the same idea. But you know, yeah. they, and they certainly are. And that's good that there's that competition going on because it needs to go on. But if you look at some of the major companies, like, say, Burger King, um, watch what they're doing with these fast food restaurants. They're getting rid of the dining areas. They're making these just kitchens that you have to drive up to or get food delivered from. I know that Burger King just put in some of their new ones. I think in California they've got a few of them where they've got three lanes that you can drive through to order. Two mm. of them are for the public. One of them is for the Uber drivers or the, the DoorDash people. Interesting. So it's only for the delivery people. <laughs> Well, you're in a state and I'm in a state where you can eat outside. So what they've done here, because all the restaurants were closed inside, was they got so creative that they were getting like, um, uh, they were getting some of these uh, parking lots were allowing them to move out into the parking lot. So they have all this outdoor seating right in the parking lot and they have, you know, the umbrellas and all this stuff. So they've gotten creative. If they were not outside seating, 
they were out, they're now outside seating. Or if they had outside seating, they are now expanding the outside seating. Of course, you can't do that in Chicago in the winter, but no. <laughs> but or we're Florida but, in the summer. Right, right, right. Well, I guess you could if you had like misters or something. But yeah, but I'm I'm noticing every restaurant that you know, like Vietnamese restaurants that weren't eating outside, you know, my favorite pho restaurant. Now you can eat outside there, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, so people are are adapting, which I think is also very interesting that, you know, instead of fighting the old, they're trying to be creative with the new, right? And I think that's a very good thing for all of us because we're not, we don't get stagnant and we, we, we move because we have to. We, Here's another good example of that. Um, people that like Tony Robbins, you know, Tony Robbins, he is known for doing live events with 10,000 people at that event. Right. And he can't do that anymore because of what's happened. Right. So he got involved with the owner of Zoom and he built a $5 million theater with 16 foot walls that are it's circular. It's like in the, the round and they've got all of these, monitors with people so now he can look at three thousand people at a time all around him <laughs> trying to engage them like they're there in person and they're not wow but it's what? yeah or what i have to laugh at like you know we're we're baseball fans and so for us to look at the angel game and then they've got these these cutouts you know yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't really work for me i mean i look at that and i'm like this is like a cartoon you know i mean this is it just is. And that's, <laughs> you know they, they're pride but that's why it's getting better now uh wrestling good example uh, wwe you know instead of having showing empty seats or even seats with cutout people they got tv monitors in the seats now so that you can see all the the people on the the screen the zoom oh. people watching wrestling it, now that's it, it, better because that's animated yeah animated correct but here's one of the things i noticed uh, watching football this weekend the stadiums were empty but they had canned audience noises it's like the old sitcoms where yeah. They put in the canned laughter. yeah they have that so in baseball too and it's so yeah. fakey i couldn't stand it, it. it's like they got to get that together that's, that's yeah that's yeah they have the same summer. thing for baseball it was just so crazy so what about this so the, I'm a baby boomer and it's I think you're a baby boomer yep. so are are yep. we being replaced uh in terms of buying power or what do you think we is are. yeah yeah we are but we're not it's not because we're, we don't have money it's that we're getting older we're you know I'm, I'm not, not to make it sound bad but some of us are dying so, you yeah. know it's we are moving out of that power uh, money generation and we are being replaced, but we're being replaced, believe it or not, not by Generation X, which is the generation that followed us, but we're being replaced by millennials. And yeah. this is good. And I think this is good news, to be honest with you. And let me tell you why. Uh, let's start with the government. Right now, and for as many years almost as I've been around, the government's been run by baby boomers. Um, yeah. Not just our government, but around the world. Right. Well, actually, the best way to put this to you is to kind of give you the history of the five generations. Yeah, generation, I, I love what you had in. I love that thing where you had the example with the bed. <laughs> that yeah. was great. Yeah, talk <laughs> about that because I think it's really important that we understand the different generations, right? Yes, because it, it it helps you get a better idea of who you're talking to. But traditional generation. They were also called the silent generation. 
when they were being raised, they were told to be seen and not heard. So they don't say things unless you ask them. But they also grew up during the era of McCarthyism. And so they were afraid if they said something that they'd be pegged as a communist. Right. So they learned to keep their mouths shut. But they also grew up during the Great Depression. So they right. learned how to pinch a penny. They didn't right. spend that money foolishly. Eat everything well, on your uh, right. Eat everything on your plate. The poor children in Europe are, are right. starving. That's what I heard from my parents. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But because of the, the the financial part of it, baby boomers on their birthday they got one present. On Christmas they got one present. Mm-hmm. They didn't get a tree full of them. So that caused baby boomers to want more. And when the baby boomers grew up. They actually became the first real generation where both mom and dad went to work. And both mom and dad went to work because they both had an income now and they were getting more. It was a greed thing. Um, right. it, it was purely because of the way they were raised. Right. Well, that greed is still playing part in our Congress, you know, not yeah. just our government, but around the world. They want more money. They want more power. Right. And uh, it's coming to an end. I believe this will be the last election that we see both candidates being baby boomers. I think you're going to start seeing millennials moving into those spots. You have to be mm-hmm. 35 to run for president. The oldest millennial right now is 36. Yeah. So, and, and my son is a millennial. And I think, well, my daughter is, yeah, she's a millennial too. They're both millennials. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let, I'll go back to the, now to the next generation uh, was Generation X. They were also called latchkey kids. Right. And the reason for that is because their parents, both of them went to work. So they right. came home from school and nobody was home. Right. But that was good for them because they learned independence. They learned how to care for themselves. They learned how to cook, to clean, they deal with crisis. And they carry that, you know, into their adulthood lives. They're very, very independent. Millennials, and here's the good news about millennials taking over the government. Millennials like people. They like people. They don't care about the color of your skin. They don't care about your religious background. They don't care about, you know, your sexual orientation. Right, right. They like you. And I think that if we have people in power that like other people, we're going to have less conflict. Right. Because they're going to be tolerant of other countries and their views and what they do. Um, I think, you know, they have a lot to learn still. But I think it's going to be a good thing for all of mankind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's, and then, like I said, the last generation, Generation Z, yeah. they want to be catered to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Give, I love the way you um, did the marketing of, of the uh, buying a bed. Can you kind of talk to that, how you would do it? Because I think that will help when you have an example like that to talk about how you would market to each of the different um, – you know, the millennial or the well, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, when you go to traditional generation, when you market a bed to them, I mean, you're, you're actually going to be, uh, they're looking for just the comfort, especially right. at their age. It, that's the main thing. Right. But baby boomers, you got to tell them the benefits of the bed, not just the comfort, but what are all the benefits? Does it vibrate? You know, does it, is it adjust? Is <laughs> it the best, right? <laughs> Luxury? <laughs> Yeah, luxury. Is it the best? Is it the most expensive one? I mean, that's what I want. Because they want to not keep up with the Joneses. They want to surpass them. So, you know, I only want the best out there. So that's how you would sell it to them. And there's no doubt about it. Uh, If you look at a Generation Xer, remember, they're independent. They want an either-or choice. 
know, right. do you want that to be firm or medium firm? Right. <laughs> so right. You have to talk to them that way. Yeah. Um, and then millennials, I would use hashtags. Hashtag best bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's their language. And that I wouldn't even market to them. I wouldn't even, like, send them a uh, – I wouldn't uh, use typical advertising. I would find out a way to use text messaging because that's <laughs> what their language is. They like to text. Yeah. So I would, I would market that bet through text messaging to them. And, of course, Generation Zers, you know, we offer free delivery. <laughs> right, 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 right. But even though, you know, I'm a baby boomer, you know, I think some of this other stuff has rubbed off on me. You know, with my kids, sure, and, and you know, oh, sure. and and uh, and I like things delivered to me too. So I guess that's a yeah. way of us, you know, kind of like acclimating into culture as our culture is evolving. And um, yeah, I think I think it is really great that we're doing this. So yeah, and you have to really understand the change. And what about um, you know being able to move with that change? How how you know. How easy is that? Well, you know, for some people, it's very easy. Other people, it's impossible. <laughs> um, it, it is. Most people, most people don't want change. They, they want it to be status quo. But I think that's just flawed thinking because it's always changing. Day always changes into night. Night always changes into day. You, you may not like change, but it's going to happen whether you like it or not. So the, the better attitude, the better thought process would be, how can I encompass this? How can I make this good for me? Because it is good. If you look for the good, you're going to find the good. Again, we'll go back to Wayne Dyer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is all, it starts between our ears and how we look at things. Exactly. So explain why you say that marketing is sexy, but selling is money. Right. Uh, when you're a marketer, anytime that you're doing any kind of a marketing campaign, let me give you a good example. You ever watch the uh, Allstate commercials with Mayhem? Yes, yes. Okay. Brilliant, brilliant campaign. It's very sexy the way they do it. They're using fear as a, as a motivator to get you to buy insurance, but they're doing it in a very entertaining way. It's very, very sexy because you're, you're engaged. Anytime you engage somebody, you're already halfway there. But the reality is it's the sale. It's the, the, the transference of money that makes the difference. If you look at a, a marketing as a body, the arms and the legs are the sexy part. That's where you do the marketing. That's where you tell the story. That's where you get people's interest. But the heart is the money. And without the heart, none of the other stuff works. Right. <laughs> You've got to have something to pump that blood. So there's got to be money. So I, I look at marketing and sales differently because obviously sales doesn't work without the marketing, but you've got to have the marketing to get to that dollar. Yeah. And you know, for me, I have to laugh because um, for me as an attorney, I, 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 you know, I find marketing very challenging. You know, if somebody calls me and they want to use me, I think I can sell them because I can really tell them what I can do for them in the best way and my experience and all this stuff. Once I get them to call me, once they call me, I it's right. easier for me to sell to them. But marketing is not my forte. So I just, you know, I get a kick out of your book because it is, some people just have a natural marketing, but 
Yeah, it's it can be tough for a lot of people, especially with what's going on now. You know, it's it's a whole new way of That's marketing. Why this is the time to use what's going on now to your marketing efforts. Yeah. I mean, with COVID out there, don't yeah. shy away from it. Use it. I mean, use it. That's like, like then getting back to mayhem in all states. They know people are going to crash into mailboxes. So let's let's show them that. Let's show them crashing into a mailbox. You yeah. know, so you use the use it to your advantage. Marketing is really. Uh, Copywriting is where it all starts. Copywriting yeah. is how you sell with words, but it's more than just that. Every commercial you see on TV is written by a copywriter. Uh, every billboard you see is written by a copywriter. And it's just four things. A good headline, which gets people's attention. Yep. A good lead, which creates interest. A good body, which creates desire, gets them to want to do business with you. And then a good call to action. If you can do those four things, you'll have a sale. Yeah. I mean, that's really as simple as it is. Keep it simple. Right. And I think one of the things that, that I have to laugh at for um, for people that I know that are not, you know, that are in the biz- service business, it's sometimes hard for them to do the call for action. You know? Right. I don't know if you've experienced right. that, like therapists and attorneys and yeah. accountants, right? The call to they, action is tough. Well, they got to remember what Zig Ziglar said. Zig Ziglar probably being the best salesman salesman out there when he was alive but he said you can be the best salesman in the world but if you don't ask for the sale you're not going to get it right right so i just yeah i just go ahead i'm sorry i was just saying that's just words of wisdom you have to ask for the sale people need to be led they need to be told what to do if you don't tell them and you assume they know what to do that's where you don't get the sale See, and I I mean this in such the most loving way because I don't believe in sleazy salesmen. I don't believe in trying to to fool people into buying stuff. Right. That's not good. No. And that's not not what I think. But if you can be honest and sincere and authentic and and use techniques of sales, like the headline, the lead, the body, and the call to action, um, then go for it because you've got to believe the product that you're selling them is going to do them good. It's not about you. It's about them always. Right. And if it's not going to do them good, don't sell it to them. Exactly. You'll be able to say, you know, this product's not for you. Yeah. So we, we just are about out of time, but I did want to ask you about your app. Can you just quickly tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. I happened to be in New Orleans. My wife and I, we were visiting. We were at the Garden District at a cemetery, and I Googled this Lafayette Cemetery to get information about who the people were that buried, were buried there. And all these tour companies wanted to sell me a tour. And I said, no, free information. And all these tour companies want to sell me a tour. It's like 20 bucks a person. And I thought, in today's day and age, your phone can't be your tour guide. So a light bulb went off, and I created an app called New Orleans at Your Feet. And if you go to New Orleans and download that app, you can do a French Quarter tour, a ghost tour, a garden district tour for $2.99. And my tours are better than the ones that built that the people there would take you around in the live one. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's what I did when I was in uh, England. There was a tour like that for, um, yeah, for Stonehenge. Yeah, because then I got to listen. But we are just out of time, so I want to make sure that we say the name of your book again, Rearranging Change, How You Market to an Ever-Changing World, and just give your website, and it's time to go. Great, yes. My website is stevemcchesney.com. You spell my last name like Kenny Chesney, just put an MC in front of it. Uh, and it's, 
if you go there and you want sign up for my newsletter, I don't try to sell you stuff, but I will give you a free ebook on copywriting. Uh, just stevemcchesney.com, and you can find out all about me as well. And Mari, it's been a real pleasure. Thank yeah. you for having me. Okay, thank you so much. Very good, and we'll we'll keep in touch. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minervine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website, privacypiracy.org. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Hi, I'm Mari Frank, host of Fighting for Love, which airs every Monday morning at 8.30 right here on KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm also pleased to present the weekly segment of Orange County Sheriff News and Safety Tips. And the sheriff wants to warn you about text phishing schemes. They say to never blindly respond to a text message by asking you to call the number that is given. So never ever call that number. Do some research and find the actual number for the entity you're trying to call. So if it's some agency like Social Security Administration, Disability, or anything that is a government agency, always look up the actual number. Call the agency the person is from directly to verify their identity. Don't just believe them. And if you have been uh, subjected to this scam, report the scam to the Orange County Sheriff's Department by calling 714-647-7000 or 949-770-6011. Don't get caught in these scams. (laughs) 